Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios, National Mortgage Lender, Rocket Mortgage, and Quicken Loans, providing a seamless mortgage experience. We're back to the old days on that one, Tom and Billy. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You send the tweets, you send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We had Monty Poole at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, who said that a Warriors fan... Their panic level on a rate of 10 should be a 6 or a 7. After one game, holy Chautauqua. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I thought that might be a little bit strong. The man is a Warriors insider. He would know. Also, we put a poll up. Tony Soprano's house is on, or it, I almost said on fire. It's actually on sale. <laughs> it's for sale. The house Tony Soprano in the movie lived, or in the show lived in, the real house is for sale. So I left it to the boys. I want to bring the boys into this here real quick. You got one TV movie house to live in. You can buy it and live in. They're all on the same price, all the same price, okay? And I'll open it up, 855-2124-CBS. It's summer, might as well not. Which one do you choose? Now, there's been plenty of other responses. I got four here, all right? You ready? Here we go. Tony Soprano's house, which is for sale. The house from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The house from Home Alone or the Full House house. Tom, we start with you. Which house? I have to pick those four. You can pick whatever you want, but out of those four, yes, I would like an answer. I want the Tony Soprano house. Why do you want the Tony Soprano? I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm a North Jersey guy. I've actually driven past that house multiple times, but also it's just extremely iconic. So many things happen in that house in the show. It'd be crazy to be living there. Oh, well, yeah. Should I be looking at it more of like, what is the most practical place to live or what would be the coolest spot to live in? Um... I, either or. It probably fits both, I think it actually. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It fits both. Someone said the South Fork Ranch. Damn it, I should have put down the South Fork Ranch from Dallas. Wow, that's a good one. <sighs> so, yeah, it's it's got to have... Well, you would buy... If they're, if you're going to buy a, a house that has, like, television meaning. All, again, same price. You got to live there. I think you buy it for that for that reason. Nostalgia, whatever it might be. For the, for the fun of it, for the character. I don't care about the amenities. I'm not asking square footage over here. I'm not asking whether or not it's all built with real steel American beams here. I'm not asking any of that stuff. Okay? I don't care about the plumbing. I don't care that they, they discovered a fatberg in it two years ago. That, that's not what we're discussing. You understand what I'm saying? This is real solid oak on this floor. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not selling it. I'm not a realtor. I'm just pointing out, in, in, this, in this scenario, Tom... You got you got the same amount of money. You got to buy one of those four houses. You're buying Tony Soprano's house because of you like the Sopranos that much. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Billy Jack. First off, have you found a girlfriend yet, Billy Jack? <laughs> nah. 
Well, he's on. He's on Tinder, and he is on I'm all on t- the I'm, ones that I'm, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, good for you. What are you really. on? Christian Mingle. You know, Ken. Why do you got to go there? No, I'm not. But why do you got to go there? Well, I want to make sure you're taken care of in your old age, Billy. Old age, okay. Well, you know, I, I care about you, Billy. That's the way it is. You, you got to settle down with a nice lady. Uh, All right. He's he's out there, folks, and he's loving every minute of it, and he's certainly available. So go ahead and give him a call at 855-2124-CBS, and we'll put you on the phone with Billy at any time. However, well, out of those four, Billy, which one would you pick? I mean, I would pick the, the uh, Soprano house, but, I mean, that's ah. not – Yeah, well, I want to live in this area, Ken. Oh God, that's that's a that's ridiculous reason, Billy. That's my boy. That's not right ridiculous there. That is a ridiculous not, reason. I don't want to live in San Francisco. Come on now, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. I want to live here. But if I had to pick, I'd really go with the King of Queens house. Yes. Yeah, find one that has even more stuffiness to it. I want to get the the King of Queens house. It's very comfortable. Have you ever watched it? Oh my God. You probably haven't. How about the Seinfeld apartment? Yes, I've seen King of Queens. And no, I'm not bringing up the sign. Yeah, you really want a one-bedroom small apartment that looks like it's about 500 square feet? Is that what you really want? That's already probably what you live, live in. Right now. Yeah, yeah. You you would really want the Seinfeld apartment. Gosh, Billy, you really don't get out there, man. I actually always thought God. the Friends apartment was really cool, even though I thought the show was overrated. Uh, I agree that the show was overrated, but the Friends apartment obviously was really cool and it probably cost way more than what they could possibly afford. Uh, I will say out of the four... Give me, give me the house from Home Alone. It's coming in third right now. French, uh, the Fresh Prince house is leading the way. Then Tony Soprano's house. Then the house from Home Alone. Then the Full House house only has nine percent of the vote. Maybe I should have picked something else. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I'm taking the house from Home Alone easily. Kevin McAllister's house. Frank McAllister's house. Wait a minute. I think that's who the dead. Peter McAllister's house. Peter, Frank was the a yeah. hole. Uncle Frank. Exactly. Yeah, I hate Uncle Frank. Yeah, Uncle Frank sucks. He's a cheap ass. Peter McAllister, God rest his soul in real life. Peter McAllister was a good man and a good father. Was probably a mob boss because it never says what he does, and he has to support like six kids. Wow. None of them look alike, by the way. Ken has a theory. What did he do that could afford him? He took not only his own family to France, he took his a-hole, cheap-ass brother's family to France with the fuller. With his idiot kid who wets the bed. What did he do for a living? His cheap-ass brother couldn't even pay for the one twenty-two fifty for the pizzas. What did Peter <laughs> McAllister do? It wasn't legal. And even if he owned a, a, a construction business, I could draw my conclusions too. So everybody's going to say, everybody's going to say Tony Soprano... I really just think probably the McAllister household is Tony Soprano's house just further west. You like that theory? Because there's a theory for you, baby. It's a beauty. Probably owns the Chicago version of the Bada Bing. (laughs) 855-2124-CBS America. Deal with these takes. All right, got another one for you. Tom, if you want to interject, you can at any time. There was an idea that was that was bandied about by Adam Silver. Now, this was before the NBA Finals, and I'll get back to the NBA Finals here momentarily, but there was an idea for bandied about before the NBA Finals because I got nothing against you, Toronto. I think a lot of people thought that Golden State would probably win this because they had played so well in the, in the Western Conference Finals and win this handedly. There were some people who took Toronto. Guarantee that's true, my friends up there at 590, but there were a lot of people who were going the other direction. And Adam Silver was asked before the series... 
a couple of different questions about the NBA and how to make the NBA better. He kicked around the idea of possibly having a midseason tournament, and this is the way. Do they do this in Champions League soccer, Tom? Europa League soccer? Where, how do they do It's a midseason tournament, They say, he says, in European soccer. What type of soccer? Yeah, that's not Is this not Champions re- Premier League? What, what do they do? Yeah, that's not, I mean, it's, it's not exactly how it works. But, yeah, so the Premier League season runs from September to basically May, and the and- the Champions League season runs inside of that. But it's also runs for months at a time. Premier, the uh, Champions League season's like October to also yeah. uh, to June, actually. So they yeah. actually run oh, yeah. concurrently. It's not like they break from the domestic league to do okay. the, the tournament. So it's not really. So basically, what he's still thinking though is something in that light where there's a, a midseason tournament, whatever. Right, where there's a and, tournament aside from league play is what he means. Yeah. There you go. Well, he's thinking of a tournament, and basically there would be a couple of different options. One of the options would be a buy. Another option would be where you're guaranteed a seed in the playoffs, whatever. I got a way to get two birds stoned once. You want to have a midseason tournament? It sounds a bit hokey. Here we go. I think your midseason tournament idea, if you're the NBA, is hokey. I got a way to fix it. You take the two top teams on each side. You take the Bucks. You take the Raptors. You take them out of there. You take the Warriors. You take the Nuggets. You take them out of there. Then you take three through eight. Then three through eight with the Eastern and Western Conference. Then you throw in all the teams that aren't making the playoffs this year, or at least not in playoff standing, Nine through wherever it is on either side of the market, either eastern side or western side. You throw it all in. You have yourself a one-game-each tournament. Those teams play the best. Now, you could possibly say that, all right, but it's a, if it's a three-seed, you could maybe game the system. That's possibly true. So you could take out the three-seed if you want, but I would still say that the Bucks were the best in the East, and you knew the Bucks were the best in the East, and I don't think the Bucks had any room to sandbag anything. Golden State was still the best in the West. Golden State, while they did not play their optimum-level basketball, and they will always say that, and some of that was on purpose, they were still the number one seed in the Western Conference. But if you want to truly get two birds stoned at once and have some fun during the middle of the season, make the regular season count again, and help eliminate tanking. Can't guarantee it's always going to work this way, but help eliminate tanking. You make the midsummer, you make the midsummer tournament, or the midseason tournament, I should say, you make the midseason tournament worth the number one overall pick. Now, that might affect, and maybe we can agree and say that, okay, it should be the top four on the East and West who shouldn't be in. Maybe I'm giving a little bit too much. But if I point this out, that means that the Utah Jazz at number five in the Western Conference, if they were to win the midseason tournament over the Indiana Pacers at number five, what do those two teams have in common? They've tried to do it the tough way. I don't believe that the Utah Jazz have really tanked it out. I don't think they've really tried to be a losing team in the past. Certainly, Indiana hasn't tried to be a losing team in the past. They've put together good work. They've tried to make strong, good, rational decisions. They've lost stars. They've tried to bring things back. They One lost Paul George. The other one lost Hayward. They still try to bring all that back. They still try to put themselves in a position to be a winner and to try to generate revenue and try to generate good, strong fan base interest. Why should they be punished? as a five seed on each side, because they didn't tank, because they don't have a shot at Zion Williamson. Because consistently, teams like the Indiana Pacers, consistently before, now that they're in the NBA Finals, the Toronto Raptors, but before that, you could definitely argue that they were one of the teams that were that were basically punished for not trying to tank things out. I would say the Denver Nuggets are one of them. Some people would disagree, but I would say Portland is definitely in that mix. 
Houston is in that mix for the most part. Oh, I already brought up Utah. They're in that mix. Sacramento has tanked it out forever, and they haven't been that good, so that adds into some of the, the wishy-washiness of tanking. But why am I consistently putting those teams behind the A-ball? Why not reward them? You win the midseason tournament. If you're the Utah Jazz, you get the number one pick. You're getting Zion Williamson. Everybody else, they can do it from a lotto, two through whatever. That way, someday, the Utah Jazz won't be the fifth seed. They'll be a two seed. They'll be a one seed in the Western Conference. The Utah Jazz don't always play in the midseason tournament with Zion Williamson. You may say stupid. I say brilliant. You're interested. You're watching regular season basketball more. More than what some of the other teams do because Phoenix Suns fans, maybe Mavericks fans, maybe Cavaliers fans, maybe Knicks fans, they're watching the regular season hoping their team's tanking. They're watching for the other season, for the other reason for it, that they hope that their team gets that number one pick. But if you're in the meaty middle, it hurts maybe television ratings. It certainly hurts what you're doing at the gate because your fans probably don't believe that you're in it. Detroit has tried to win. They're 41-41. and Why not give a team like Detroit, who has not tried to lose and fail on purpose, why not give them a shot to win a midseason tournament, get the number one overall pick, get Zion Williamson, and give themselves a shot at glory again? 855-2124-CBS. I'll see what Tom and Billy Jack think when we come back also. Monty Poole says Warrior fans' worry quotient should be at 7. A little bit too much? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. People are getting in about the houses. You got the same money. You can live in one house. Which one do you pick? I gave you four options. People are getting into all of them now. I gave you four options. I said the Soprano house. The reason for this is the Soprano house is on sale. The Fresh Prince house, the house from home alone, full house house. 39% say Fresh Prince house out of those four. Other people are picking other ones. Let's go to the phones. I don't want to get back to the midseason tournament. Ryan in South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, man, of the, of the four you mentioned, you're right. I think Sopranos is pretty cool. But I tell you, as far as just practicality and something reasonable, man, you can't beat the Brady Bunch house, man. That that pad was laid out pretty good. It had a huge now, well, now, now, wait a minute here, Ryan. We're talking about now, – now, you're talking like – you are actually like breaking it down like you're Tom Silva from this old house, Ryan. You're going over the square footage. You're looking at the reason. I, I'm looking at it. I want the type of why you like the house, why you like the show. Did you like the Brady Bunch that much? Much, and so it's seeping into your head. Is that it? No, I really wasn't that big of a of a Brady Bunch fan. But I do remember watching the show, thinking, man, just something about that layout. I thought that's a pretty cool house. I mean, if we're gonna really get. Uh, nostalgic. Hell, give me Wayne Manor, Bat Cave, and everything. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's damn it. All right, fine. Ryan, thank you very much for the call. That house had astroturf, man. You can't pick the Brady Bunch house. I mean, you can. It's your call, but I'm just saying no. Bob and Iowa, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, uh, if we're talking iconic houses, I got to go either Walter White from Breaking Bad, his house, or uh, Scarface. That has to be one of the most iconic houses of all time. Yeah, I just don't like that many mirrors in my house. Well, I don't either, but if, you know, the house itself, that was pretty that was a pretty badass setup. That's true. And I know that a lot of his houses and thank you for the call. The mirrors had a practical purpose that I don't need to get into on the radio in the middle of the day on on a Saturday. However, I just don't like that many mirrors in my house. 
It's a very, it gives me a little, Tony Soprano's house gave me a bit of a funhouse vibe. And there's a little, the, the golden black is okay in a uniform, but when you use it as a color scheme for, for your home, for, for how you put together your walls and things like that, like didn't he have velvet walls in a couple of those rooms, that old style, like that old style wallpaper? That's not cool with me. It was a little too dark, a little bit too bold. I need to freshen it up a little bit. Like, I wish we could open up the windows to Tony Soprano's house, or not Tony Soprano's, but Scarface's house, and let it air out a little bit. And then bring some bring some pastel into it, just a little bit, to lighten it up, to get the, to get the blood out, to get the blow out, to get a lot of things out of there. Let that, let that negative energy go out the windows, bring some positivity, into Tony Montana's house. 855-212-4CBS. Take a couple more calls on that as we go along. Now, David in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, he either thinks that the midseason tournament is stupid or good. David, let me have it. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to have you, David. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, actually, I think it's a pretty cool idea. I just have a small uh, change to it that I'd like to add. Oh, please. I think the number one pick is just too strong to give away to a team that's you know in the at least upper half of the league, but at least but hmm. providing the incentive to play for it. I do agree. I think maybe give out like the number three pick. They still get a pretty good pick, but the number one and two picks can still go to the teams that really deserve it at the bottom. Mm. I'm just trying to reward. And I, I think, and this is very subjective, David, because I said, okay, if you want to take it down, maybe the ta- just only taking out the top two is pretty strong. Like, the, do the Philadelphia 76ers need another number one pick? You're right. They probably don't. But like Indiana. Why, why do why do I have to stress against Indiana when they've tried to do what you want out of professional sports teams? You want your teams to try to win. And Indiana has tried to win and has tried to make the right moves to win. So, all right, how about this? Non-playoff teams for the midseason tournament and then 7 and 8, maybe 6, kind of like what you were thinking at. Is that a little bit better? So maybe the Nets have a chance at the number one pick with D'Angelo Russell well, if I'm they win the much- midseason tournament? I don't think the deal is what teams qualify for the tournament. I just think giving away the number one pick is just a little too much. I agree with the premise. Maybe ah. the second pick, maybe the third pick. But I think the one, you just got to give to one of those terrible teams. Let's say, you know, if you're six, seven games over 500, you, get, you go real hot in that tournament and you win the number one pick. That's almost like too good. David, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I, the reason I fight against it a little bit, thank you very much for the call. Three seems very reasonable. The reason I fight against it, the reason it gets brought up is Adam Silver said, hey, I'm kicking around the idea of a midseason tournament. It might be more fun. I'm going, nah, I just think it's more pointless basketball. But if you do a real incentive for it, and I bring up the number one pick, you have teams like Sacramento. Sacramento has tanked since basically I was born, or really since Jason Williams. So they've been tanking it out for almost 20 years, and they just get picks and they waste them. They get top-end picks. They're never really good. They're never really a threat. I know that they were okay this year. They were still below-average basketball team. They weren't really that great. But you incentivize a team that actually has put something forward. So if it was a one-on-one game, because we're not doing series because it would take forever, but if it was a one-on-one game or five-on-five, but a one-game day where you maybe had in that half Oklahoma City at number six against Sacramento. I don't got to worry about Sacramento. And yeah, I know that Phoenix doesn't get the number one pick, and Phoenix was a 19-win basketball team. Phoenix has been getting high picks for a while. Phoenix sucks. And I think even Suns fans would agree with me. The organization has sucked. The team has sucked. A lot of the players they picked have sucked. 
Even the players that are good have wanted the hell out of there. They have very little faith in the general manager. They have very little faith in ownership. They have very little faith in coaching. And by in turn, they have very little faith in just the Phoenix Sun brand in general. Why reward them with the possibility of the number one overall pick? Indiana has put together a decent product for a long time. Why not reward a team that tries? Because it's easy to tear it apart. It's easy to tank. I can tell you to not play a guy if I'm your boss. You're the coach. I'm the general manager. I'm the owner. We're not doing this. Don't play this kid. We're not playing this guy. We're not playing that guy. We're not trying to win these games. And they do it all the time, and it's tongue-in-cheek. Why incentivize that? The number one overall pick. I know it's strong, and David disagrees. It is very strong. But if I give Zion Williamson to the Indiana Pacers, what do the Pacers become, and do they deserve it? We can argue whether or not a team really, truly deserves anything. But the fan base, that team, they've tried, yes, by all intents and purposes, deserve a player like Zion Williamson. Teams that try and have put forth a good effort deserve a player like that, deserve a number one pick, deserve a guy that takes their franchise from point B and takes them to the top at A instead of starting down at F and trying to go to A over a couple years or being in a spot where the organization is bad and then they can find every single reason to move away from them a la Anthony Davis with the New Orleans Pelicans. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. More of your guys' calls coming up. Yeah, we'll keep going over the houses. Also, Monty Poole says it's a seven for Warriors fans. Should you be that worried if you're a Warriors fan? And thank God the Red Sox won a title before Bill Buckner passed away so they could stop wrongfully blaming him. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. And it's brought to you by GEICO. There's great news. GEICO could save you a ton of money on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now, forever hold your peace. I just told you the number. We're taking all the ideas about everybody's houses that they would want to buy. And it's just, I, I gave you four options. People are coming in with their own, which is fine. I mean, there's, there's no rules here. Tony Soprano's house is for sale. Same money, same price. You can buy one. You got to live in it. You can't resell it and flip it and whatever. You got to live in the damn thing. As is, whatever. Tony Soprano's house, the Fresh Prince house, the house from Home Alone, the, home, or the uh, house from Full House. 38%. Fresh Prince House, 27% Tony Soprano's house, 25% the house from Home Alone, which, again, depending on what theory you believe about Peter McAllister, it's basically the same house with him and Tony Soprano, and 10% the Full House house. I think the Full House house is lowest because there's just no space. Your neighbors are right on top of you. There's that weird hill Billy said he didn't want to move to San Francisco, I guess. Some people are West Coast people. Some people are East Coast people. But there you go. I'm getting a lot of other answers. People want Tony Montana's house. You you got to leave. I'm sorry. You got to leave Wayne Manor out of it. Okay? Someone brought up Wayne Manor, which basically to me felt like a loophole. Anything like that's got to stay out of it. TV, movies, sitcom, whatever. That's in there. The Wonder Years house has been mentioned. The Wonder Years house seems to be, and I looked it up which there's a big McMansion about two houses down. 
That's everywhere USA except at the mountains off to the left and off to the right. It's very, very nice, though. Roseanne's house was brought up. Is it in the best neighborhood? There are practical things you have to think about. Not just, hey, you know, this is where Roseanne stepped. This is the hole in the wall that John Goodman put in when he found out that Becky was getting back with Mark. Like, there's certain things that you have to do keep in mind. Is that alley still ship-shaped back there? Can you pull a truck back there? How much of the stuff from the motorcycle shop did John Goodman leave? Those type of things. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get back to the phones, and then I, I got something that I got to get off my chest about Bill Buckner. Let me get to John in Alaska. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. John, go ahead. Hey, good morning, Ken. How you doing? Thanks well, for... good day Come to on. you, John. I'm glad to give it to you. You go right on ahead. Well, you know, my number one draft pick for homes of all time would have to be the Ponderosa from Bonanza. <laughs> that, that house that house could work up here in Alaska, hold a lot of snow, and I could live in there. You guys are so practical about this. This is a see, this is how you know House Hunters isn't a real show. I keep getting calls about practicality over here, and it's always somebody who re-spools yarn and their and their budget is about nine hundred and eighty million dollars. So John, you're giving me good, strong opinions on this, and I thank you very much. Because that's common sense. He lives in Alaska. I, I guess he I would imagine he has a lot of land. Alaska is vast. That could work there. Doesn't even matter how much you like the show. I keep getting that. People, they wanted the Brady Bunch house. Why? Form, function, has AstroTurf, you don't have to mow it. Well, were you a big Brady Bunch fan? Nah, not really. It was after my time, or before my time. I keep getting that. People, I, I, can't, ima- I can't believe we're getting so much practical, with the exception of the one guy who brought up Wayne Manor. We are getting so much practicality out of people. I'm actually very impressed. 855-2124-CBS. Jill in Colorado. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hi, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to have you. Um, I'd like to say something about this potential midseason tournament for the NBA. All right. Please tell me. Um, I'd like to see every team be required to bench their top five players. That would be in terms of playing time. Whoever had played the most. Uh, the first five on each team sits on the bench for this tournament. So, so you have to play your second wave? Correct. And oh. the reason for that is the season is long and grueling, so it would help the starters to catch a break. It would also fortify the team because the backups would get more playing time. It would help with team unity, et cetera. All right. I mean, because you're going, but you're going for the number one overall pick. He's going to play with the starters, isn't he? That's that's my only question there, Jill. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if you want to have a, a tournament that is beneficial to the players, regardless of uh, num- I, I don't know about the link to the number one pick, but I think for the health of the players, it would be great to give your starters in the middle of the season a little break and give the bench guys a chance to play. All right, Jill, I, I thank you very much for the call. The reason I still say the number one pick, I don't know why I should give such an outrageous reward to bad organizations. Look, the Cavaliers got LeBron the first time around. They, weren't not a, they were not a good organization. 
And they went to the finals with LeBron, and LeBron continuously said, and I know he was passive-aggressive about it, and it takes two to bake this story up. I get it. But he was totally passive-aggressive about it, and they never gave him exactly what he needed. And so he left. And then he came back, and they gave him exactly what he needed, and he left again. But still that first time around, he made news, he made history, but it was what can you give me that's there. And it's not a foolproof thing. We're talking about Golden State today. Golden State, those first three guys, as much as people hate it, they were drafted. So if Bob Myers and Jerry West and everybody are running your running your basketball team, you got good, smart basketball people running your team, there is a way to do it. But I still look at a team like Indiana. Does Indiana have a chance to win an NBA title anytime soon? Probably not. Does Utah have a realistic chance to win an NBA title anytime soon? More than likely not great. Why do I want to reward those teams? And yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo was not the number one overall pick. There were several players taken before him. So you're right about that. But we look at the number one choice as a reward, which it is, because you have to win the lotto to get it, so it's a reward for winning something. But you lose as much as you can to get there. Why should I? And the Knicks were wholeheartedly in, and Tom knows this better than anybody. He's in New York. Knicks fans believed it was their destiny to get to number one pick. How bad the Knicks were, how bad James Dolan has been as an owner, and that's where i got to leave it because he'll sue me if I say anything worse. How bad of an organization they've been. you got Charles Oakley choking people out. Things are really, really bad. And they felt that the number one pick on a 17-win team was their destiny. Why do I reward you for being a horrific organization? Indiana is a great organization. I don't know if they'd win the tournament. You got them, you got Brooklyn, you got Orlando, you got Detroit right there on the eastern side. You have Utah, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City might win that entire tournament. We don't know. San Antonio is a great organization. Number one going to San Antonio with Greg Popovich. Please. Yeah, I know they did. Question, Ken. Well, real quick. yeah, go ahead, I know sorry. that they didn't come out on the best end of the, the the Kawhi deal, and everybody's putting a shining light on that, but that's a great organization. Please, go ahead. All right, so you have a team like the Warriors or the Rockets or a clearly top, top team in the league that gets off to a little bit of a slow start, and then yeah. they decide to tank to midseason to get in the tournament so that they can get the number one pick. All right, They're still going to make the playoffs. They can still this? easily win the finals. You want to do yeah. it? You want to do it the proper way? Okay. I love your thought there. It's a great loophole you just found. It destroys what I just said. How about this? Last year's standings. Hmm. So the Houston Rockets like cannot be in that tournament next year. They finish right. fourth in the Western Conference. They cannot be. There, I mean, there are teams. Like if you have LeBron in the East, I can't deny this. When LeBron was in the East with the Cavs the last four years, he could turn and with well with the Heat too. You could turn it on and turn it off. I think LeBron is a very special case, though. That's what makes LeBron frustrating and amazing at the same time. He could turn it on and turn it off. Golden State, I think, is the same way this year. They won 57 games. If they were really trying, they probably could have pushed it upwards of 70. They had injuries, so maybe not, maybe 65, but they still could have won a ton of games. A team like Golden State can turn it on and turn it off. LeBron, can turn at the time when he was with the Cavs, could do the same thing. How many other teams can do that? The Bucs can't turn it on and turn it off. They need to build up over time. Now, eventually, you would think if Giannis stays, maybe they could be that way. You have to be unreal good to be able to do that. Toronto couldn't do that this year. They had to go for it. So how about last year's standings? So Boston, 
who was a scatterbrained mess in a four seed this year, they're not eligible. Does that make more sense That's to you perfect. then, Tom? It's perfect because you're See? Yeah. Now we're coming together. Yeah, America. you're playing out for your playoff seed, so you would never be considering losing games on purpose to miss a top four seed to there play we go. at home in the first series. You know what I mean? So it's perfect that way. There we go. Look at the country coming together on this. Michael and Charlotte, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, Tim. Hi, Michael. Uh, my, I've just got an off-the-wall uh, thought. What motivation do you think that the teams would have, the players would have to win that tournament? I mean, what motivation for them? Because some of those guys are not even going to be there at the end of the year. Well, it's money and it's their jobs. You're right about that. But it's still, it, if what if the wins count in the final seeding? So say if you win more games, you get a higher seed, you avoid an opponent. So Golden State's number one. Say if Utah would have won, you would not have played. Or say San Antonio wins and there were an eight seed going for a seven seed. Maybe that means even more you, you miss Golden State in the opening round of the, turn, of the actual NBA playoffs. Well, that's true. That's true. I, that, that's just, but that is another great loophole that you might have found that's certainly an arguing point to do. Because so. this is, and Michael, I'm glad you brought it up, and, and thank you for the call, because it's a drastic idea. What Adam Silver's bringing is a drastic idea. We are used to in America – there's one championship. There's an end-all, be-all here. This is what you play for. You're not playing for second place here in the States. Brother, you're playing for first. But I look at everybody else. This is a way to hurt tanking or hurt the argument for tanking. And this is a way to incentivize and a way to reward teams that try to do it the right way. Any idiot can tank. You can go out there. Any one of you listening right now could go and be the general manager of the Phoenix Suns if they decided they did not want to win. We could all do that. It takes no skill to put together a losing basketball team. None at all. It's hard to put together a winner. A winner that people want to watch, a winner that people are interested in, and usually they want to do those things because those teams are winners. And there are plenty of teams that try as hard as they can, and basically where they get to is a five seed. And so that gets you about as far as maybe the second round. And eventually your superstar, if you have one, or the guy that you've designated as your star, you want to say you want to pay him a max money, and then they get on the jump on ESPN and say that he's a sentient being and he can make any decision he wants. Like they do about Kawhi Leonard. And he's in the finals and they've made that argument. So this is a way to reward teams that actually try. 855-2124-CBS. I got to leave you with this. I am glad. I, I felt bad that Bill Buckner passed away, obviously. He's a great player. And I felt I felt bad as a fan for Bill Buckner over the course of years. I am a baseball fan, football fan, I'm a sports fan, and to see that happen, I have a soft spot where I don't call guys busts if they tried. There's guys who are busts in baseball, football, basketball, and drafts. I'm using this as an example. They tried. People call them a bust. Hey, they were just overdrafted. It didn't work. There's guys who were messes, and those guys were busts. Jamarcus Russell was a bust. Johnny Manziel is a bust. Justin Gilbert's a bust. I'm just going from personal experience here. But guys who tried, who got injured, I, I don't call Greg Oden a bust. I think Greg Oden, if he were healthy, probably would have won a championship with the Portland Trailblazers. Him and Rudy Gay probably together. Can't call him a bust. It was against what he could do. And I also have a problem with when we blame things that really we shouldn't be blaming things on. And I'm glad that Bill Buckner at least got to live the final years of his life and the last decade plus of his life, unknowing to him at the very beginning of this, that the Boston Red Sox had finally put away what happened in 1986 with 
four World Series titles since over the last, what, 12 years plus, I do believe. I'm glad that they were able to do that because it it lessens what he was remembered for and actually brings a bright spot, that he spent 22 years in professional baseball, which is very difficult to do, that he was an all-star and he was a batting champion. And yes, 1986, it went behind the bag and between his legs. But we look at that as blame, and I think Bill Buckner, if he could do that, would not had would not have made that mistake, would not have done that. And you had a game seven. It's the same thing we do when we talk about Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman wasn't even on the field. You had a game seven. People are starting to do it in the NBA about Draymond Green. Well, if Draymond Green wasn't suspended in game five, you had game six and game seven if you were the 2016 Warriors. You had other opportunities. And so since 1986... I hope in sports, but not a lot of people have done it. Since I've been cognizant of it, the first thought I have is, why are we blaming this guy? If Bill Buckner could have done it, he would have done it. He couldn't do it. It was a lapse. It was bad knees. It was He was too far away from the bag anyway. And if you watch the play, I don't know if Stanley would have made it there in time. There was, Or the pitcher would have made it there in time. There were a lot of things that played into that scenario. Just like when Moise Salou screaming at Steve Bartman in the stands, there was an error to start that inning. And you had a game seven on both sides. I know that victors paint the picture and we paint the history and the team itself is not the voice. No matter what I wanted to say, Bill Buckner is not the voice that changes the course of history. It's guys like me. It's fans like you. We're the ones who decide the history. But I was so relieved, and I do not like the Red Sox. I was so relieved to see the Red Sox win that first championship, and everything else is icing on the cake. Because the more they won, the further away we got from Bill Buckner in 86, the further away we got from Ken Burns and Dan Okren and all those smart guys waxing on poetically about the heartbreak of Bill Buckner in 86 and how sad it is to be a Red Sox fan and how silly it is for Red Sox fans today that they even know how stupid that was that they can't stop winning championships now. It's just in their DNA with all the sports that they have out there. Thank God things went that way for Bill Buckner and we could see some of the positives instead of one overwhelming negative that shouldn't have defined his career. Big thanks to everybody in New York. Big thanks to everybody who listened. Big thanks to everybody who came on. I'm Ken Carmen. I'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.